This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to AHP. Thank you for joining me. It's been a red hot minute since our last show, but we're back after about three weeks. And I was saying back after about three weeks. That's pretty pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> Considering we're just out hunting, having a good time and uh, had a good time, went out hunting with one of our Patreon supporters, Andrew. So big, big shout out to Andrew. Hope you had a good time. I'll tell you what, Andrew, you, he eats the same thing for breakfast, lunch and dinner. What a top bloke. The, uh, what did you have? Bacon. I think it was bacon, sausage on the trip and some of those chili beans. And I love those chili beans. So I'm going to have to grab a can of those chili beans off you next time Andrew but hopefully you had a good time and I am considering for all the guys on Patreon if you do have your R license what do you guys think about doing a Patreon only state forest hunt maybe if we've got some people up north we'll do a north one one year then we'll do a south one uh, the the next year after that I'd love to connect with you guys and uh, people that do have their R licenses if you're hearing this and you are one of my Patreon supporters get your R license if you're in New South Wales don't wait if you don't have it because we'd love to um, I'd really like to get us all together and um you know, someone said the other week, God, did I have a blow up with Muzz who I did straight shooting with? God, no. Me and Muzz are great friends. Uh, we talk every second day almost about not just hunting and shooting, but uh, also about, you know, we've got investments and shares and so forth. We talk about a lot of different things. And he was on the hunt about two weeks ago, except I did get angry with the bastard because he was snoring in my tent, which I don't appreciate. I always had to throw something at him a couple of times trying to get back to, back to sleep. But he wanted to try out the diesel heater. If you don't know the awesomeness of a diesel heater, uh, if you're out hunting, in cold weather for your tent just get a diesel heater trust me aliexpress uh, ebay sell them oh my god they're fantastic i was snug as a bug in a rug in my tent so we had a great time on that hunt by the time you listen to this podcast my video would probably be already out so like a little bit frustrating their deer were playing hardball with me on that trip if you want to check out the video go to ahp outdoors uh and enjoy it uh it was a good time out and um the next show i got coming up which I've already recorded. I was going to call it the monthly mailbag, but I don't know if I'm going to do it every month. So it may just be the mailbag or I may just change the name up. But I just spent, I thought it was going to go for 20 minutes. So I just spent literally an hour answering people's questions, reading out all the emails that I get because sometimes it's difficult. I look at my inbox and I go, holy shit, 300 emails. I know I'm not going to get through it. I freak out and I just don't look at it. <laughs> you know, So sometimes I do and then I try and get as many done as I can. The purpose of the mailbag is going to just be answer all your questions. If I don't know it, I'm probably going to get people on the show and we're going to have a fantastic time talking about what you want to talk about so go to australianhuntingpodcast.com.au on that right hand side bar there's a send a voicemail function send me a voicemail i want to play your voicemails on my show so don't wait get over there and do it if you have a phone same thing just go to australianhuntingpodcast.com.au and it'll, it'll actually be a floating icon at the bottom or it may be on the side but on my one it's at the bottom and it'll say send voicemail when you actually scroll through the page it stays in the one spot click it you hold your finger on the button record your message give your name just so your name and email address so i can respond back to you or i know you know just just your first name's fine and i'll play that on the show anything you want to talk about guns scopes binos politics whatever you want new gear to the industry anything send it into me 
do not hesitate. If you don't want to do that, email me at australianhuntingpodcast uh, at gmail.com. So on today's show, I've got my very, very good friend returning to the show. He's uh, from the YouTube channel Chuckin, formerly Chuckin TV, but now he changed it to just Chuckin, obviously because he shoots woodchucks. He's from, he hails from Elmira uh, in upstate New York. Me and Eric have actually become pretty darn good friends. Every two, maybe three weeks, I'll flick him a message, he flicks me a message, and all of a sudden, and he's like, bro, give me a call. And so I, I can. it's free for me to call America. So I just call him up, mate. And we sometimes sped up to four hours on the phone just chatting about guns, mate. We've got a lot in common, real top fella. And like I say about hunting and shooting, right? The, the facts are, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, Australia, Africa, Europe, Greenland, Alaska, who knows? doesn't matter where you go. Even the Antarctic. They love their hunting. If there's anyone down there, they love their hunting. Let's just say they love their hunting anyway. So it's universal, guys. And it's not just that. We talk about other things, just what's happening in America. A really, really top fella. So we're going to talk guns. We're going to talk hunting, scopes. He's doing reviews. So jump on YouTube. Uh, and check out his YouTube channel called Chuck, and he is a really, really nice guy, and uh, happily to call the guy a friend of mine. So uh, we're going to get him onto the show. So without further ado, let's bring Eric Wake from Chuckin. Eric, man, thanks for joining me here again on AHP. Brother, what's been happening? We've been talking a fair bit. I think I would say, mate, we've become pretty bloody good friends. What do you reckon? Oh, absolutely, man. We talk quite a bit. Uh, never lack anything to talk about. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah. Been, been quite a bit going on here lately. Uh, well, since the last podcast, you know, the COVID thing happened. So, yeah. Uh, quite, quite a bit revolving around that. But uh, regardless, you know, me, my cousin, who is my right hand man as far as the uh, Chuck and stuff goes, you know, we've been staying fairly busy over the over the you know last year and a half or so yeah uh still putting out content still doing what we do and uh yeah yeah just uh been staying busy having a good time and and uh putting out some hunting content exactly man hey how's that speaking of that anyway i mean most of us are bloody i know probably you are i definitely am in australia we're in multiple lockdowns here in australia right now for covid but uh What's been happening up your way, mate? How, I mean, how is it affecting, I mean, you're way out of obviously New York City. You're up in Elmira, New York. How's it going up there? Is it, is it affecting you guys a fair bit or is there any lockdowns there or any restrictions on you guys moving around or doing anything or not? Uh, the, the, the whole thing that they got going now is, you know, it's pretty much wide open. They just tell you, Hey, wear a mask if you're not vaccinated. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I think pretty much everybody's fairly over it at this point as far as, you know, the restrictions and stuff like that. Like, I walk right in the stores, no masks, no nothing. You know, I just carry on with my business. Uh, so, yeah, there hasn't been too many rumblings as far as that goes. So, and certainly hasn't held me back from anything I want to do. Of course, the only thing I really want to do other than working at my job and spending spend time with friends and family is going out hunting and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we, we haven't been too restrictive in that way, I would say. Yeah, exactly. What about um, how's it up going up there? I mean, obviously, you know, we we know that our boss Donald Trump's not the uh, president anymore, which is disappointing. I was a big, you know, I was a big fan of uh, DJT, uh, but now we've got that old cahoot Biden man who 
if you see the video, you just got to watch the – listen, for all the people listening to this show right now, you have to jump on YouTube. Just watch watch the you – know, I hate to say – I don't like to disrespect presidents, but you know, I think Joe Biden's the exception. If you watch these videos – Man, it's like the guy's about to fall asleep. He can't talk properly. He just gets tongue tied. I mean, I think this is, you know, well, I actually think it's sad that they've actually, I think he's got dementia and this guy is now the leader of the free world. But uh, at the time of doing this show, Eric, yours will be out this week, actually, but it's the it's the 3rd of July. I mean, you know, Donald's back. He's doing some big rallies. He just had one in Ohio. So what's the what's the sentiment like? Not for guns, but just in the in the community, man. I mean, you're in New York, probably... Democrat state, especially New York City, I would say. But yeah. what's happening up there? What's happening with Biden, man? What's the feeling like in upstate New York around uh, surrounding Joe Biden? Oh, geez, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's about all I can say. Is it's like I, I don't I don't even know where to start. It's, just, <laughs> it, it's you know, honestly, there's you know, like we're mostly a liberal state. I don't, you know, I know liberals. I, I talk to Democrats and stuff like that. You know, I've got friends outside of, you know, my redneck shooting community and really nobody's even, exci- here's the thing. Nobody's even excited for this guy. They're not like, he was just a shoe in. He was a shoe in candidate. It's it basically his only selling point for even the left. is just like, well, he's orange man's bad. That's it. Orange man, bad. We got to get him out of there. And they're just putting, uh, you know, uh, basically mental patient in there who like, <laughs> like you just said, <laughs> you just said, you know, he's obviously got dementia. He can't really speak that well. I mean, I can relate to that myself, but like, I, I you know, <laughs> As this guy, yeah, I, I just don't know what to make of the situation with him being the president. Of course, now that has, as far as this affects the shooting world, of course, it's caused kind of a panic. And, and uh, for most shooters, people are panic buying. They're buying up all the ammo. They're buying up reloading supplies, stuff like that. Uh, especially back in like January when, it, you know, all this first started to come into flourishing. Uh, you could not get primers. You could not get powder. Uh, ammo was outrageous. And we're starting to see some of that settle down now, finally. But even now, we're at a way, uh, a way accelerated price than what we had before. Even like at the beginning of COVID, right? Like you would have thought back then uh, there would have been panic buying and the prices would have skyrocketed. It really wasn't too bad at the beginning of COVID. But uh, the election was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Everybody just started buying stuff up. You got a lot of first-time gun buyers. So first, at at first, we had a massive gun shortage. You'd go into a gun store, no guns on the shelves. And now we kind of got the opposite effect where people got their guns, but there's no ammo on the shelves. So people aren't buying as many guns now because you can't get the damn ammo for the thing. So it's it's still very spotty, but uh, I am happy to report where at least where I'm at in some of my local shops, I've been able to get you know pretty decent prices on powder and bullets, and even getting some rimfire ammo. So 
uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to trying to hold my head up and hopefully, you know, things kind of get back to somewhat of a normal level. But we're 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 pretty much par for the course at this point. You know, you're going to expect to pay a higher price for pretty much everything across the board. Hey, how much do you reckon it's gone up? I remember you were telling I mean, a couple of weeks ago when we were on the phone. I mean, people are even because things like primers are getting. You can't really get them, and they're getting so expensive that a lot of people are even putting them, buying up all the stock, or a lot of stock, and then putting them up on some of the the gun broker pages and getting like crazy amounts. I mean, how much do you reckon they've gone up? I mean, give me an example. What was say? Ooh. I don't I don't know what you buy primers in, but let's say box of a thousand. I mean, in Australia, I think box of a thousand, roughly eighty something dollars over here in Australia. If you buy the Magnum ones, they're probably you know ten to fifteen bucks more expensive or something like that. But how much do you reckon? and they've gone up because you were telling me before I remember I think people were buying primers and then selling them for a lot more expensive because you just uh, yeah primers were like gold at one point you just nobody could get any yeah well you can't can't fire the ammo without primers and you know that's supposed to be the cheapest component of a loaded round uh before before COVID I could get a box uh say of a thousand of like match large rifle primers per $50. That was pretty much a going rate. So that's $5 per hundred. That's five cents a shot. Um, now the regular price in a gun store, which luckily hasn't gone up a whole lot, but at one point it was up to $11 for a pack of a hundred. So 11 cents a shot just for the primer. But since there's a shortage in other places in the country, you go on something like gun broker. That's like an auction site. I went on there and absolutely like, I was about ready to have a panic attack when I was seeing what people were willing to pay for a thousand packs of primers. And I was watching lots of primers going for over a thousand, not a thousand dollars. Um, I was watching primer sell for like 350 400 for a thousand pack of primers you're talking 40 cents a shot just for the damn primer wow man <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous so the the problem kind of compounds itself right like we have the shortage but that's because people are panic buying they're buying the shit but you also have people who are willing to pay that extra high price. So that just incentivizes people to clean out their local gun shop, come right home and sell the stuff online and triple their money on the stuff. And that, so, so the problem just kind of keeps compounding itself. Hey, it's really is crazy. I mean, me and you talk about this all the time, but you know, when these Democrats get in, Obama, Biden, I mean, sometimes I wonder if the manufacturers actually don't like a pro-gun president because, you know, they don't make as much <laughs> as much money when they have Democrat presidents. If Biden comes out, says he's going to ban AR-15s and all this type of crap that he comes out with, and then people just go buy up a, a, a ton of AR-15s, a ton of ammunition, a ton of primers, a ton of power and how is this solving the situation like when they actually they're trying to ban guns but just yeah manufacturers just can't in in you know when you got these democrat presidents they can't keep guns on the shelves because they just sell out and you it's kind of counterproductive for them maybe they should say that maybe they should say the complete opposite we're not going to ban guns that way there's not as many gun sales <laughs> it's kind of no, sounds smart yeah. you know 
I, I you make a very good point there. Like, because honestly, like Democrat president, I'm not going to put it all on presidents, but like you know, even states uh, putting in their regulations or threatening threatening to put in the regulations. All that does is it, it just makes people go AWOL. They they run it. I'm going to buy this shit up before I can't have it. Basically, so yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know how manufacturers feel about it. I'm, I would hope that, you know, they're, they're not like soaking in glee about, uh, <laughs> you know, a Democrat president coming in and, you know, their gun sales are going through the roof. I, I, you know, obviously they're making a higher profit for sure. Um, but yeah, like it, that you made a hell of a good point. Like that's the thing. Anytime you know, something political happens where it's looking like gun rights might start getting stripped away. That's when people just start buying all sorts of shit. Like, uh, you know, I, I have friends that you, you never think that they'd even be interested in something like AR 15 or anything like that. Well, guess what? They have them. <laughs> they have them now because they're just, their mentality is just like, well, I, I want it before they, Tell me I can't have it, you know? Absolutely, man. Oh, well, hopefully, you know, nothing changes and hopefully you guys can, you know, keep going, doing what you guys are doing and making sure you don't lose any more guns. Trust me, guys, as we, as you know, we speak about it. You don't want to become like us here in Australia where you can't have, you know, certain types of guns and you can't do things. And it's, yeah, you don't want to become like us here in Australia, Eric, that's for sure. No, no, yeah, I- I uh, I feel you there, and I've I've heard uh, you know some of the liberals, you know, just normie people on the left. They're just like, oh yeah, we should be more like Australia. It's just like, nah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no. I, I always tell this to people, right? We, we hear this all the time from our media and our politicians. Oh, they say, oh, Australia is, you know, basically lauded and respected around the world for, you know, its strict you know, gun reform. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. But that I don't really believe that because not one country anywhere in the world has implemented Australian-style gun laws. I mean, even after what happened, the, the big shooting in New Zealand, in Christchurch in New Zealand, they didn't get anywhere as serious on, on the gun, you know, what, what was banned as they did in Australia, you know. So, again, I, I hear a lot of this stuff, oh, you know, we're around the world, you know, Australia is highly respected and all this type of crap. And I'm like, but that's weird because if we were, wouldn't you think another country somewhere around the world would be like basically talking to the Australian government and say, well, hey, what did you guys do? You know, give us your legislation. We're going to pretty much copy your legislation verbatim, and that's what we're going to put in. I mean, that's not happened anywhere around the world. Right. So um, how is uh, New Zealand's a little less uh, stringent on their gun regulations, right? Even, yeah. a- even after the... Uh, church shooting there that's right so they banned they banned the 
uh, like uh, semi-automatic centerfires, so you can still have your you know, your Ruger ten twenty twos. You can still have your suppressors. You can still have your um, what else? The uh, pump action shotguns up to five rounds. I think it is, or maybe more. It might be ten rounds. But, oh, okay. But you can still have your semi-automatic shotguns, your pump action shotguns for your duck hunting and all that. Which we we didn't get that opportunity here in Australia. That like, we got banned. Everything basically got banned except for uh, lever actions and. You know, bolt actions, basically. We can still have pistols. We've still got heavily regulated pistols, but you can only shoot pistols on, you know, like an approved range. You can't hunt with a pistol. You can't shoot with a pistol on private land, which is kind of stupid to me, but, you know, it doesn't make any and, sense, and you, you know. And, and, I, and I, obviously you can't just carry one for self-protection, which is what the damn things are for. Exactly. Nah, definitely. <laughs> you know? No self-protection, no self-defense. Um, yeah, none of that, dude. So it's it's pretty pretty disappointing. But, I mean, at least New Zealand didn't go that far down the track and go as bad as us. So, you know, like we keep crying out for suppressors for hunting and, you know, to get moderators or sound suppressors, silence, whatever you want to call it, you know. Can't even get those. Right, right. Our government thinks they're the tool of the devil and, you know, everyone's going to become a contract sniper if we're allowed suppressors. You, you go to New Zealand, you just go buy them off the shelf really yeah see we can't even do that over here as far as uh suppressors go new york you just straight up can't even have one plain and simple it's just you know that's a state law uh if you're in a place where you can get a suppressor you have to fill out like a tax stamp and i think from what i hear it, it could take you up a couple up to a couple months before they actually approve it and like actually let you have it. So, uh, you're, you're, you're talking like $300 and just, just for the tax stamp and then whatever the suppressor costs and they can, you know, those, the prices on those things can skyrocket just depending on what you get. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I would, I would love to hunt with a suppressor. It'd be great, but you know, I, I'm pretty much used to pretty much used to not having everything I want, obviously. Being in New York, <laughs> we're we're one of the most restricted states in the states here. So they'll lead me into uh my most recent gun purchase. I haven't even told you this out there. I haven't even really told anybody. I just uh picked up a Caltech uh SU sixteen. That's a semi automatic two twenty three, takes AR fifteen mags. Uh, it is New York compliant, so I I happened to stumble into a gun shop down in PA. They they really didn't have a whole lot into it. It's a little rink-a-dink shop. Saw that sitting on the shelf, and you know I've heard quite a bit about them. I picked it up. I'm like, you know, the price wasn't bad, six hundred bucks. I'm like, hell yeah! I walked right out with it there. That was just. The last weekend. So. <laughs> nice. What are you gonna What are you gonna use it for? Because remember, yeah, didn't you? You had one of the other Keltex, didn't you? But it was a bit. I'm not sure. You had you had a couple of issues with it. Um. Yeah. So I've got this one now, and, and just to describe what this one is, is it's basically it's almost a cross between an AK-47 and a M6 or well, AR-15. I almost said the M16. It's it's not that, but it's uh you know it just takes the AR15 mags, comes with two 10 round mags. Um, it has so here's the New York restriction, right? 
if it's a detachable box mag, semi-automatic, you can't have any other feature on a gun. And a feature would include a threaded muzzle, pistol grip, or a telescoping stock. This doesn't have any of that. It just has the detachable box mag. So it has more of like a traditional hunting style stock, which personally I prefer. You know, I'm so used to, you know, all my other hunting rifles and shotguns and stuff, you know. It's just more natural for me to shoot with that than a pistol grip. Uh, it has no threaded muzzle, none of that. So it's good to go. Like, and it's, it's uh, I've already shot a hundred rounds through it. Totally reliable. No issues with that whatsoever. Uh, so I expect to see a review on that coming up here pretty soon. Um, but the other Caltech I have is the RDBC, which is a bullpup rifle. It, which basically means the whole action is behind the trigger mechanism. Very short rifle. Uh, still has the 20 inch barrel. That one is a threaded barrel, but I had the, uh, the, um, thread protectors basically pinned and welded. So, you know, that, that basically makes it New York legal in that regard. Uh, other than that, it doesn't have the pistol grip. So no worries there. Um, but yeah, the RDB, I've, when I first got it, it had some horrible jamming issues. And I just, I, I did a video on it, just explaining everything that was going on with it. But basically, what was happening is something was out of alignment. And when it was feeding rounds off the left hand side of the magazine, it was basically denning the rounds and sometimes causing them not to fire and, starting to jam it was it was bad i had i had to send the damn thing back but they got it back to me since then i have had zero issues with it just chugs through everything very fun gun to shoot uh as a matter of fact i would say i would say with its reliability now i would definitely trust trust my life to it you know in a home defense scenario it, as unlikely as it would be like i'm not trying to not trying to sound like I'm paranoid, like somebody's going to come bursting through my door at any minute, but just saying, you know, it's nice, it's nice to have something like that around, you know? Yeah. No, hey, are you running them? Are they open side or you, you can put a scope on them or what are you running again? Uh, both of them. I got uh Howlson red dots on them. I, I really like the Howlsons just for the simple fact that if you, t if you leave the gun alone, the, the site will automatically shut off. And then the second you pick it up, it has a motion sensor in it and the dot will come right back on at the same setting that you left it at. So that's a really nice feature. You don't have to worry about accidentally leaving it on and the battery dying out on you. So that's a really nice feature of the Hollisons. And they're pretty cheap too. They're over here in the States. You know, they can go anywhere from $120 and just depending on what model all the way up to 300. So, they're a really good value and you know, I'm not a huge like uh red dot kind of sewer or anything, but uh when you look through these things the dot is nice and crisp and I've been able to hold like really nice groups at you know, out the hundred yards with them even. Yeah, surprisingly with no magnification, so 
Yeah. Hey, do you know, I was just looking at it before, if people haven't listened to our first interview, do you, man, how, I can't believe it's actually been that long. It was actually the August 30th of 2019, man. That was almost two years ago we did a show, dude. Can you believe it two years ago? <laughs> yeah. Man, I can't believe it, man. That's, that's, yeah, because ever since then, you know, the COVID thing happened, it's the, been a lot, a lot of things that transpired since then. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, if anyone wants to go back and listen to it, it's AHP episode two hundred and one. Hey, we've probably done a long intro there for people that are listening that maybe didn't listen to episode two hundred and one. Just give us a bit of a roundup about you, man. Like, yeah, where you're from. You know, what do you do? Just to just to give people a little bit of an intro that may not have listened to two hundred and one. Obviously, I want people to go back and listen to two hundred and one. So, if you haven't, guys, right, go right. check it out. But give us a bit of an intro, man. What do you do? Where are you from? Uh, age, you know, yeah, just give us a bit of background, man. Well, man, we uh, we we covered a lot of ground on New York and how uh, shitty New York gun laws are, but uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, basically lived out in rural New York, you know, all my life. Uh, don't really plan on leaving, you know. I got a lot of friends, family, and really importantly, as far as the youtube channel goes i've got awesome hunting ground that i have access to so uh yeah chucking we we go out shoot woodchucks during the summer uh fall rolls around we go out and shoot deer and we just basically fill in our content time with you know gun reviews scope reviews and we just do our best job to give give you guys an honest opinion on all the things we're using you get the not only see the gun review, but you get to see the gun out there in the field in action, shooting deer, shooting woodchucks. Uh, we also pretty big on hand loading and stuff like that. Well, especially especially now that ammo prices are skyrocketing, you know, we we're, we test out different hand loads, different bullets. So uh, it's basically, you know, we we build these videos to help people out, you know that. They want to know about the gun. They want to know what's going to shoot through the gun. And if you watch our videos, you're interested in any particular thing, you know, we're more than happy to answer questions in the comments or whatever. But uh, we we do our best to, you know, just get good information out there. And, you know, we're not tied to any manufacturer or anything like that. So, you know, we're, we're we just show you what we use and show you whether it works or whether we think it's absolute dog shit so <laughs> and then it's like anything hey eh? it's always I, I, I keep saying to my mates you know you've you've tuned into the live stream with my mate aaron from shooting stuff australia sometimes and you know it's like sometimes things don't perform that well and i, I got to give you guys a lot of respect because i don't know how you do reviews i don't listen i do sometimes talk about my own guns and stuff and my experiences with my own guns and how they're but i couldn't do a review of a gun because so many people can't don't they you know what it's like when you, you might not say something too complimentary about about a firearm or a, or a scope or this didn't I had to send this gun back and all of a sudden you know you, people people start going crazy in the comments oh I've got one it's perfect and it's yeah you, you know oh, what, yeah. you know what it's like I mean what are some <clears throat> of the what are some of the issues you've got with running a YouTube channel like bad comments anything else uh, I mean you get the occasional um, the occasional know-it-alls of course that um, <laughs> 
the, the thing is, they always chime in on just the one video, right? Like, uh, I'll just give you an example. Like, my out-of-the-box Tika 6.5 video, right? It, it was an out-of-the-box video. I literally never shot the gun before that video. So I'm shooting it live on camera, basically. And uh, obviously, the gun is not broken in. I'm not shooting loads that are proven through the rifle yet. People don't understand that rifles don't generally shoot that well out of the box. You know, it takes a few rounds, get it a little broke in, get it followed up before it starts shooting really good groups. So the problem is if somebody comes into this video, they see the first two minutes of it, and then they just immediately like, oh, that thing shoots like shit. Yeah, that's going to cost Tika some sales. I'm like, did you not watch the rest of the three minutes? Because by the end of the video, the thing is shooting, like, just, you know, uh, basically half-inch groups by the end of the video with the same factory ammo. So, and then you get other guys are just like, oh, well, you should should hand load. You should try this, that, and the other. I'm like, "Uh, well, we've came out with, like, four other videos since this one, so... Yeah. Go watch those. <laughs> or have you watched all yeah. the other videos I, where you're actually talking about and doing hand-loading videos? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's just, you know, like uh, people jump the gun a little too soon when they're, when, uh, when they see something and it just like, they're like, I've got to, I've got to show these guys that I'm the expert here not them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't I, I don't know how some people think sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, I know. They just got to realize too. We're just average hunters, just showing, you know, just average hunters, you know, like we're just like everybody else, man. We just might make the odd video. Like it's just a little bit of fun. Like let's just relax. Anyway, I forgot to go. We're going to go to a break in a sec, uh, Eric. But what I want to say to people, guys, when I play this next ad, don't forget Camo Warehouse. Use AHP10. I keep forgetting to say it in my intro. So uh, 10% off at Camo Warehouse. You know, why pay more when you can get 10% off, uh, off the retail price? So anyway, we've got a quick break, guys, and we will be right back. Camo Warehouse is Australia's leading supplier of quality hunting clothing and accessories. We stock leading outdoor clothing brands such as Rocky Boots, Georgia Boots, Hunter's Element, Ridgeline, Spiker, 511, Stony Creek and many more. Camo Warehouse is the leading supplier of optics and shooting accessories including Leopold, Bushnell, Zerotech, Lyman, Powerbeam and Lightforce. We can also order in custom Boyd stocks from the US to your specific requirements. Camo Warehouse offers as flexible, zero-interest payment options including Afterpay and ZipPay. Order via our website at camowarehouse.com.au or give us a call on 02 6771 2836. Yeah, so guys, again, don't forget AHP10 at checkout to get 10% off. Now, Eric, I've got a bone to pick with you, mate. I'm looking at your YouTube channel <laughs> right now. Last video, two months ago. WTF, man, what's going on there? What's happening? Well, uh, <laughs> I've stumped uh, him. I've stumped him. <laughs> without going without going into a whole lot of my personal life, it's just, dude, we're busy, man. Uh, my cousin and myself, Garrett, you know, we, he just got a new job. I've been slammed at my job working six days a week, 10 hours a day. Uh, yeah, we just, we haven't uh, had a whole lot of time to put stuff together. 
But I do have some good news. Uh, and actually, I haven't even talked to you about this yet, but we've got some woodchucks on the ground. We've got some pretty decent footage, so they'll be rolling out. Uh, and that's not to say that I haven't been buying all sorts of new things to review. Uh, we've got... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, shit, man. I've got uh, I've got a Benelli R1308 that I need to do a review on. I've got, uh, well, the Caltech SU16 that I mentioned before. I've got a, a Savage 6422 to do a review on. So I've been picking up stuff here and there. I've been picking up some new scopes. Uh, you know, so I'm not lacking any content to make. It's just a matter of, you know, having the time to actually do it. Um, so we're, we're going to make an effort for sure. I've got plenty of vacation time to burn up, uh, before the end of the year. So we're definitely going to make some use of that and hopefully we get some better content, uh, well, a better content flow going. Yeah, and I remember, hey, we were talking about you did a review, uh, the CZ or CZ512, the 22 mag. We were talking about this one just a couple of weeks ago, I think. When you were putting it on the net, I think it was about 200,000 views, man. It's almost half a million, eh? Now, crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I can't explain that myself. Like, for some reason, that video is just blowing up. Uh, now if every one of my videos did that, then you would see a hell of a lot more of a consistent <laughs> flow on, uh, on videos coming out. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like that's, uh, apparently people are really into CZs. All my other CZ videos have done pretty well too. So there's obviously a pretty good interest in it. And I mean, I have nothing but good things to say. You know, as far as the 512 goes, or my uncle's 457. Uh, my cousin there actually just picked up a 457 Precision Trainer uh, 22. He's been shooting that quite a bit. That thing is an absolute tack driver as well. So we're probably going to be doing some content on that here very soon. So, yeah, that's CZ 512, man. That's, uh, I would, dare say that's probably my most my favorite most recent gun purchase for sure uh semi-automatic 22 magnum i really love 22 magnum as it is and my bolt gun just great shoots out to 100 yards you know uh minute and a half uh moa you know accuracy perfectly adequate great cartridge if you're shooting woodchucks or rabbits or whatever it is you're doing uh, so yeah, I love the cartridge, but the 512 being a semi-automatic, it just brings up, you know, the next level of fun, fast follow-up shots, and it's every bit as accurate as my bold action. I was just thinking, instead of instead of buying some Keltex, man, you might need to buy some more CZs, man, for reviews, and you know, get half a million views. That was only, I'm sure. How long ago did you post that saying it was about? I think it was two hundred twenty six thousand, or or, or two hundred forty six thousand, somewhere around there. It was only a, yeah. it was only a month ago or something, wasn't it? it wasn't that long ago? Yeah, it was just a couple months ago. Um, it was weird, man. When I when I put the video out, it did you know, obviously way better than any of my other videos as far 
But I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, it got like 20,000 views right off the jump and then it kind of plateaued off. I'm like, Oh, you know, that's cool, man. It, you know, a lot of people watched it and then it just started getting like new waves of views. That I'm just like, Holy. So I don't know, man. It's just one of them things that snowballs, I guess. It's just the way YouTube works. The more people watch it, the more other people are going to watch it. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, if I had an explanation for it, I, you know, I'd, I'd be glad to know myself why, why this particular one did that well. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's definitely one of those things where I don't know. I just, I bought it because I was interested in it and like, and I just, went out and did my thing with it, did a, did a, you know, an accuracy test with it, with all this different type of ammo I got. And yeah, I don't know. The video just took off. Uh, it definitely, the, the 512 definitely gave a pretty good showing as far as its accuracy and reliability goes. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I just, I'm at a loss of words myself for it. Like, I've never had a video just take off like that. Mate, what about the summer chuck hunting? What's been happening in uh, upstate New York? You've been smashing a few woodchucks. What's uh, what's going on? Not as many as we'd like to. Um, you know, some of the reasons why, you know, we've just been busy. But on top of that... Um, we we get you know the the rainier seasons and stuff like that. It's just been really rainy this year, and the farmers just aren't going out and cutting the grass like they usually do. Uh, yeah, it's it it, it it's kind of hit or miss sometimes, and this is just one of those years where you know the the grass is too tall, and the weather shit, you know, and you, you top that on having limited time to go out and do, you know, do our woodchuck hunting and stuff like that. You know, we'll, we'll have a nice week all week as long as I'm at work, right? The weekend <laughs> rolls around and it's freaking it's either 90 degrees, way too, way too hot, or it's raining. It's, it's always one of the two. <laughs> so we've, had, we've just had some bad luck as far as that goes. Um but yeah, we we knocked down a few. Uh, we've got some footage yet to be rolled out, so we're looking forward to that. And hopefully, uh, these farmers get the damn hay fields mowed, and so we can go out there and uh, knock down a few more. What do they? How do they generally mow them? What they got a big what tractor slasher or something? How do they mow them? Or they put animals on them to eat the grass, or they cut them with a big slasher? No, it's a, it, a lot of these guys use, uh, you know, big mowers. Uh, they'll, they'll mow the stuff down. Of course, it's gotta be dry out too. You know, they're not, they're not going to bail up wet hay. So general processes that go through, knock it all down. They go through with a rake and that just piles it up. I mean, I'm talking like four or five foot high piles of hay. And then they, they either square bail it or round bail it. The square bales or, you know, man portable where the round bales, you've got to have equipment to move them. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what they do. We've got a lot of farms around here where hay is just not selling that well too. So that's another factor 
and people just not going out and mowing, you know, like they, you know, they have enough feed for their own, their own cattle, but, but they don't have a whole lot to bail up to sell, you know, to other farms. So it's just been a mixed bag of stuff as far as being able to go out and shoot in woodchucks. You know, many, many different factors and, you know, the farmers, the farmers are having a rough go at it for sure. Uh, especially these dairy farms, um, in the local areas. Yeah. That was all shit. You can cut all that out. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's all right. Anyway, guys, we're going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back. Over the past year, the National Shooting Council took legal actions to protect shooters' rights over gun shop closures, gun reclassifications, and unfair license cancellations. And we did this across Australia. The National Shooting Council is the only truly national political action group that is taking actions to protect what we do. Help us do more during 2021. Join the National Shooting Council, which is the political organization that you've been wanting to see there to protect shooters' rights. Mate, what's the what's the gun that you've used most this year, man, and why, or at least over the last, say, you know, 12 months? What's been your number one go-to? Um, well, I would have to say probably the one that I reach for the most is my 22250, the Savage 110 Barmet. As far as woodchuck hunting goes, that's, you know, that's pretty much the cream of the crop. I really feel like I'm just out there using a cheat code with that thing. Just super accurate, great round, flat shooting. Um, so that's the one I kind of reach for the most. Um, other than that, we, you know, we utilize 22 Magnum for anything that's close up and, you know, uh, close up shots, anything that's close to buildings, you know, it's a very low noise signature. And so those are kind of like my two primaries, I would say. For deer season there, I was using my Savage 110 Tactical 6.5 Creedmoor, mainly because I was hunting wide open fields. So it's a heavy gun, but it's great for those long range, longer range shots, uh, good stability. Uh, 6.5 Creedmoor does a hell of a good job on deer, I would say. You know, it's, it's definitely not overpowered, but it's it's just right. It's kind of like a Goldie, Goldilocks kind of round you know yeah i would say i would say my two main calibers for sure 22250 6.5 creedmoor still i know you asked me something similar to that on the first podcast there and it just holds true to this point you know like both just great rounds for the respective purposes yeah and garrett's been your garrett's your cousin he's been helping you on the show doing a couple of reviews as well and having a good time and every time i see him man the lucky bugger's always buying a new gun <laughs> <laughs> and a new scope and some we, new scopes i know we've got a hell of a backlog on things that he's bought that we need to get out and review he's uh, he just texted me the other day and said that he's finishing up uh, his Daniel's Defense uh, Delta Five review, and that's a, that's another six five Creedmoor. Uh, it's more of a precision rifle. Definitely got more of like the tactical style stock on it. Heavy barrel threaded. He's been shooting that quite a bit. Um, shit, man, I I have a hard time keeping up on all the stuff he's gotten lately. But he's got a Bergera HMR and 22-250 as well. Actually shot a woodchuck with that last weekend, so that's going to be our next video. 
Uh, he's also got the CZ457 Precision Trainer 22. He sold the Christensen Arms uh, Ranger 22. If you remember a while back, we did a video. We did a video on that. So uh, he wasn't very happy with that gun. I shot it some. I really wasn't too happy with the way the bolt cycled and stuff like that. So when he told me he's selling that and getting the CZ instead, I was just like, "Yeah, probably a good call, man." The CZs are CZs are very accurate, and the 457s especially. I love the triggers, the way the bolt operates. So he got that instead. So yeah. Uh, what else did he get, man? Because you were speaking about that too, eh? Like, you were talking about the because I got the Bagara B14 HMR as well uh, in 300 Winchester Magnum. Because uh, you, you you bought a Bagara, you weren't too happy. Which one was that one? Were you not happy? You bought one of the Bagaras, didn't you? The Ranch or the no, Ridge? Was it the Ridge? Oh uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you about that. Which, by the way, we didn't even really do any content on it. Um, this kind of goes along with the, the panic buying and the COVID stuff. I bought a Bergera B14 terrain wilderness. I love the rifle, but it was in six, five PRC. I got a really good deal on it. Uh, you know, on the auction site and I just started, you know, I started shooting it with some of the components that I already have, you know, powder and bullets. And it just wasn't shooting all that well. And I switched over to H1000 powder, which I only had one pound of. It started shooting exceptionally well with that powder. The problem was, is by the time I found a good load for it, I was down to like maybe 20 shots out of that jug of powder. And I could not find any more of it. Like those, those powders, like H1000, uh, Rotumbo, these are like a lot of slow burning magnum type powders. Those were the ones that are the, that are the hardest to find. And also, even as I'm speaking to you now, six, five bullets are like next to impossible to find right now. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's just such a popular. It's such a popular caliber between the PRC, the Creedmoor, the Grendel. Uh, you just, there's not a good selection of uh, 6.5 bullets out there right now. So, uh, yeah, I ended up just selling that gun. I'm just like, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't really necessarily need to be diving into a brand new caliber at this point, you know, whether or not it shoots well or not, you know, it's just, uh, Garrett and his dad both been in the six five PRC for quite a while. You know, they, they've got a, you know, a nice healthy stock of all the components that they need. But yeah, when I bought mine, man, I was just struggling find brass, you know, you name it. I just, it, it was the, basically the availability of what I needed it to shoot. That was kind of my, uh, my my leading factor. I'm just I'm gonna get rid of the same thing. <laughs> you know. Hey, how do you how do you like you had the PRC and the Creedmoor? What, what do you like? Is it is there much of a difference? You reckon? Obviously, there's a probably what through two three hundred maybe four hundred feet a second wouldn't be that much difference um, on velocity. You think it's good? Yeah. Do you like it or what? 
I, yeah, I mean, I definitely think the PRC has definitely got its place. I think it's definitely uh, an improvement over the Creedmoor or the, you know, the 260 Remington. It's packing a hell of a lot more of a punch, but you're you're going to see the biggest difference in the heavy bullets, like the 143, the 147s, all the way up to uh, Garrett shooting the 156 burger bullets out of it. That's the thing, though. Like, all I'm pretty well stocked personally. I'm I'm stocked up on like 130 grain. I like shooting lighter bullets, so the 120 grain, 130 grain. I, that's what I like to shoot out of my Creedmoors. Um, when when you're shooting those light bullets out of the PRC, you're not really utilizing all that extra, you know, powder capacity and stuff. You're not really you're gaining some velocity, but not a significant amount, you know. Uh, so that just goes, you know, like the, that's the thing. You, you, I couldn't find any heavier bullets that were, you know, readily available. And when you could find them, they're outrageously expensive. So I just kind of, I kind of lost interest in it. And I, I'll be honest, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to diss the cartridge. I, I'm certainly not going to diss the Bergera uh, terrain wilderness rifle. Like I, I've got no problems with that rifle at all, man. I, I love the stock on it. I love the way it felt, the way it shot. I mean, it was, it was a nice rifle, but like I said, the just diving into a new cartridge was definitely a problem, especially, you know, earlier on and, uh, before the spring. Yeah, because I've noticed like on the videos too, a lot of people seem to like the the Creed more. I mean, is it your uncle too? He's got the, I think it's the premier, the the premier version of the HMA in six point five PRC, doesn't he? Yep, yep, that's correct. I remember, hey, I remember that was one of those videos too, uh, guys. I should, when you hear this podcast, I should actually put it up. I can't remember which video it was, Eric, and I can't remember which gun it was. It might have been. The Christensen Arms. It might have been the Christensen Arms Mesa Long Range where you shoot that woodchuck on the hill and you just see that big, long <laughs> bullet trace, man. That is probably one of the best shots. Uh, I think because I'm pretty sure he hit it as well from what I recall from the video. But just the hitting it, but the just it was more the bullet in flight, man, just watching it. It was just epic, man. Was it? The, was that the, the Christensen Arms Mesa Long Range? 300 PRC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now that you mention it, yeah, I remember that. That was my uncle Phil shooting. That's Garrett's rifle. Um, yeah, yeah. That thing, that thing was a freaking monster at long range shots. Um, we did uh, two videos on that, and yeah, the that's the second video where my uncle shot one. I think it was. Shit, I don't even remember now. I think it was 600 yards, something like that. But <laughs> the way that thing just ripples through the air, man, you're talking a 220-grain bullet. Like, that thing just has a massive vapor trail. And when it hits, it's just, it's like a damn freight train. Yeah, I know. That was a, man, that was a good shot, man. I loved it. So what about any more purchases? What about Garrett? Were you a, before I really cut you off before you was going to say something. Is he buying any more stuff or you're buying any more stuff? I mean, you've got the Keltec now. Anything else planned for both of you guys? Um, nothing planned. I have a half interest in getting another Fika in 22 250. 
Uh, well, Garrett and I both have, uh, he, he, he's talked about buying it. I've talked about buying it, but Tika offers 22,250 and a one and 14 twist, but they also have a one and eight twist version. So I'm kind of interested in getting a one and eight just to shoot some heavier bullets, you know, like the seventies and 80 grain bullets, uh, just something to play around with. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, we, I don't know if or when we're going to actually get a hold of that, but uh, Garrett's got quite a bit more experimenting to do with that Bergera HMR 22250, which that's a one and nine twist. Uh, so far, I think he's shooting a 55 grain bullet out of that and getting very good groups out of it. Um, so I'd be interested to see. You know how the twenty-two two fifty handles the tighter twist rate and with heavier bullets, and just see you know how how well the cartridge can carry itself out beyond you know three, four hundred, five hundred yards, because that that's the thing with the cartridge is is kind of designed to shoot fifty-five and under uh, lighter bullets, basically with the slower twist rate, like my Savage is a one in 12. I don't think it would do a very good job at stabilizing anything that was over 60 grains for sure. Um, the benefit of shooting the lighter and faster bullets is obviously, you know, inside 300 yards, it's like a damn laser beam. But I, just from my own experience, you know, those light bullets don't do very well. Once you start stretching that range out, you've got, you know, wind and everything else and just the, the accuracy starts falling apart very quickly. So, uh, it'd be kind of cool to take that same cartridge and see what it can do with, uh, you know, some longer and heavier bullets. Hey, so if you had to pick one, your number one all round varmint caliber. So taking in all considerations, wind, bullet drop, you know, hitting power, What's your number one, man? What's your number one go-to cartridge for, say, woodchucks, you reckon? Um, well, just all around, probably 6.5, I would say, is is probably a fair one to, to put out there. Um, you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to promote the Creed more or anything. Um, it's just, say that, or 260. Those are just very good medium power cartridges. They don't kick a lot. Um, they can flex with different, you know, styles of bullets, which is another great thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say probably six, five is probably just a good all arounder. Um, and like I said, the 22, 250, I would definitely say is probably, you know, my go-to woodchuck gun. But as I said, it just falls apart once you start getting out to longer ranges, you know, four or 500 yards, you know, the wind just blows it around too much. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just all around, you know, six, five is probably the one I would go with if I, if I could only choose one, I guess. Hey, what about, what's your number one, say, well, not number one. I wouldn't say number one because hopefully, hopefully there's not going to be that many. Is there any guns, man, this year like you've shot or you've bought that you've been disappointed with or not happy with? Um, 
Yeah, actually, and uh, probably when I review this uh, Savage 64 uh, semi-automatic 22, I've got I've got nothing but complaints about the rifle. Um, <laughs> Why? What's that? What's the issue? Um. Well, number one, the magazine setup is kind of goofy. Like it, you've pretty much got to put a lock and key kind of deal. Like it's just super tight getting the magazine in. Uh, the magazine release is like forward of the magazine so it's hard to access that so ergonomically that's just horrible uh the magazine itself comes down to two points on on the uh bottom you know basically it doesn't have like a bottom plate on it so it has these two sharp points on it which is just ridiculous i don't understand why you know this gun's been out for shit generations now like why why have you not rounded out them sharp corners yet? Uh the trigger is horrible on it and the actual action itself, like you go to rack the first round in, it's just super stiff and you've got to pull the charging handle back further than you would think you would have to. So I've just got general issues with the rifle and I'm probably I, like when I do a review on it, I'll I'll explain everything you know, in great detail, but it's just, yeah, the damn thing is just, you know, it's supposed to be a budget 22 and a lot, I've heard a lot of reviews saying like, Oh, this would be a great, like it'd be a fir- great first gun purchase. Uh, hell no, man. Like the thing is just so convoluted and, and it just doesn't, you know, there's nothing straightforward about it, you know? I wouldn't want to hand it off to a kid and watch him fumble around with that magazine trying to get it in the damn thing. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> exactly. it's just, there's, there, there's just a lot of piss poor, uh, design features on it. Now, am I knocking the quality of the build? No, I'm not, I'm not knocking the quality of the gun. I'm sure it shoots well, you know, I'm sure it's reliable. They are notoriously reliable, but you know, it's just, at this point in time, you know, there's just so many other good options out there. Like, why would you buy this thing? You know? <laughs> hey, tell us about the, the story as a good one. They've they got to watch this one too about the, uh, I think it, it was your brother, wasn't it? The the 3006 with the, the, the deer shooting with the, I think it's the headshot or at least the neck or headshot. One or the other was fantastic either way. Tell them about that one, man. Tell them that's an awesome story. Oh yeah, well we we had a pretty awesome deer season all around. Uh I I got a couple killed on camera myself with uh the six five Creedmoor. I've got my buddy Ray shooting one with his crossbow and really nice buck, especially for our area. Uh that was a very decent buck. But we've also got a couple shots done with my brother Todd. One being uh, the one with my five Creedmoor, we're sitting in basically the same spot where I shot one of my other deer. Uh, he knocked one down at 375 yards, one shot. It was, it, that was an awesome day. Uh, walked in, basically I told him, you know, I, I ranged the deer for him. I told him what to dial the scope to, told him to just hold it right in that pocket. He made a perfect shot. That deer dropped in its tracks. Um, 
I think it was might have been like a week or two later. We're at my buddy's house, and he's got some property around where we can hunt. Uh, shout out to my buddy Ray, by the way. We're talking about uh, his property. Um, yeah, Todd wanted to get another doe, so uh, my buddy Ray just basically told us, "Hey, head up, head up to that field." You know, his his wife's stand is right there in the corner. It's got a nice uh, enclosed box blind. So, you know, we headed up there. And luckily, we had the uh, thought in mind, like, hey, yeah, let's uh, put a bipod on that gun just in case you got to, you know, make an improv two shot. Sure enough, we got up there, got around the corner. We could see the blind. The damn deer were already out there in the field. So... <laughs> That's the best way to be, man. That's the best way to be when they're already waiting there for you. Yeah, yeah, they were, man. Like I said, man, that's where a bipod comes in very handy there because we walked up there. All these deer are about 200 yards away, so, you know, an offhand shot would obviously be pretty unethical, (laughs) you know. So all these deer just start taking off. And the one turns around to look, and she's kind of square on. And Todd just kind of turned to me and says, I got a headshot on that one. I'm like, all right, well, go ahead, man. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Boy, he touched, he touched that thing off, and I just watched that deer drop. I I had to cut out quite a bit in that video because I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, oh, man, it was epic, yeah, dude. It was, it was pretty- epic. Yeah, that was very exciting, and uh, yeah, man, fucking uh, um, me, me and Todd, man, we've been uh, hunting buddies for years and years now, man. That's my older brother, fucking always have a great time with that guy. Yeah, man, that was a man, that was a good video. When I watched, it, I was like, oh, I felt like I was there too. I was going, oh shit, man, that was insane, man, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. Good. Which, by the way, that was a that was a savage axis. That's a two hundred dollar rifle. He shot, you know, two hundred yards with the damn thing. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you got you got a well. He's shooting factory loads, but I mean, he had the thing sighted in. He felt super comfortable when he took that shot, and yeah, I, I, you know, like it. It takes a lot of confidence to pull off something like that you got to be really steady to hit a deer basically and it ended up being like a neck shot the bullet dropped in but like either way you know that deer was basically dead before it hit the ground man it was a cracking shot hey what about any scopes you know you've been you you, you sort of got me well i thought it was your review actually i've been getting into a few of the Cytron s3s i don't mind them for a long range scope and good tracking and so forth what have you, you been buying any scopes or anything or nah you're just taking it easy no yeah actually i've got a couple uh couple things in um when i bought the benelli r1 i originally put a Neopta Optica 6 2.5 to 15 power on it. I figured that'd just be a good scope, uh, you know, to mount nice and low. It's only a 44 mil objective. It has that super close range, you know, the 2.5 power. And then if you're trying to, you know, dial it out a little bit further, you know, 15 power, that's great. Uh, yeah, I picked that up. 
Um, fairly happy with it, other than I would say on 15 power, it's probably not the most clear I've ever seen. But you've also got to, you know, consider the fact that this is a mid-price scope. It's not like, you know, a high-end, you know, it's not like the higher-end Miata. But I would say overall, pretty happy with that one. Uh, it's got a hell of a turret on it where I know you use mills, but this has uh, 25 MOA on one rotation of the dial. So that's very nice. Um, since then because the Benelli is just, you know, semi-automatic 308. It's not, like, super accurate. It's about a 2 MOA gun. So I wanted to opt for something that I could mount even lower and not have as much zoom range. So I ended up picking up a Trigicon 1 to 4 power for that. And so that's what I got on it now. Uh, that scope's all right. I would say probably overpriced. I would would not recommend it. <laughs> Just <laughs> I, I'm not overly impressed with the clarity of it. Um, yeah, because you're talking about six hundred dollar scope for one for a one to four power. I figured the damn thing would be quite a bit clearer than it is. I think you'd probably be better off with like uh, Athlon or maybe a primary arms or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why I got the, the only reason why I got the trigger con was just online auctions, man. Got it for, I think I scored it for like 200 bucks. <laughs> I know. I, that's all I knew. I knew it was a, I knew it was a $600 still, but I got it for 200. I'm like, yeah, shit, I'll try it out. You know, why not? <laughs> but, uh, I've been wanting to try out the Athlon. I think, uh, Athlon, a guy that I know who I interviewed a couple of months ago, he bought the Athlon Cronus, the top of the range running against what a four and a half to 27, maybe somewhere around there by 56. And man, it looks good, eh? Like, it looks good. It looks like they've come a long way. The Athlon scopes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had some experience with, um, the Argos. I believe it was a 6.5 or a 6 to 24. Uh, something my buddy had. Um, we were shooting up to the range with it one day, and a guy showed up. He had, um, he had a Vortex 6 to 24, I believe, himself. And I looked through both scopes side by side. And I've got to give the edge to Athlon. The Athlon was a lot brighter, a lot more clear. It's not the most, you know, it's not top of the line glass. I'm not trying to sell it as that, but I'll say, like, it, it probably as far as clarity and and uh, light transmission, I'd have to give the edge to the Athlon uh, compared yeah, right. to the Vortex Viper. Well, you know, I've been a bit of a scope whore the last couple of months. I've got that many scopes now. I don't even have enough rifles to put them on. Um, I've still got a couple of scopes there sitting in the safe, man. I think I've got three, and they're all they're all you know uh, fifteen hundred dollar plus, almost two thousand dollar plus scopes, man. So I don't even know what I'm going to do with them, man. I was like, I think I need to buy a couple of extra guns. Maybe it's a sign to buy more guns. What do you reckon? Yeah, I would I would say so. You should buy more guns, Jason. That's what you need. <laughs> I know, man. Hey, uh, sorry, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Uh, I say we always need more guns, Jason. Yeah, I know. That's just true. Buy, just buy more. 
true, man. It's true. Like I got, I just got to get out of the city, man, and get like live like you, man. Rural area. I just want to get out of the city. But I mean, I need a job. I got a good job, man. Pays good. So, man. But you've only got one life. But anyway, uh, man. Hey, what do you reckon? Your two questions before we finish up. What's your uh, What's coming up on the channel? Number one. Yeah, let's do that one first. Well, hopefully we uh, can get out and do a lot more woodchuck hunting, uh, weather permitting, and everything like that. Uh, other than that, yeah, we've got a whole backlog of different rifles, stuff like that to review. Um, you could basically expect to see, you know, around November time, December time, we're going to be out, you know, deer hunting. Definitely love to get out and do a lot more deer hunting content. Uh, had really good success last year, so I'm hoping this year it's going to be the same. Uh, yeah, but yeah, hopefully we just get some more gun reviews out. I've got the Benelli R1 308 to do a review on. Pretty happy with that rifle. I think that's going to be a good review. Uh, I've got the Caltech SU-16. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm going to completely shit talk that Savage 64. <laughs> if and when I do <laughs> get a review the on that thing. Hey, you better get the flame suit on in the comments, man. People are probably going to go nuts going, oh, I've got that one. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I always say to people when they yeah. do rev- I always say to people when they do reviews, listen, if somebody has that gun or somebody has that scope and they've got no problem with it, naturally they're going to be offended with people's comments because they own that particular rifle, shotgun, uh, you know, scope right. or pistol. <laughs> it's just like I mean, it's just how something works at the time. It's not like a negative on every single rifle that comes out from that company for that particular brand, you know. All oh, right, and, and you you know as well as I as well as I do. You talk to me enough, like, dude, Savage is like one of my favorite rifle brands. I I mean, I love the hell out of a lot of them. Like, they're great. Usually, a great gun for the value. It's just this thing here. You know, for as much as this particular one costs, you could get a Ruger 1022 or you could get uh, the Bergera. The Bergera version is only 500 bucks over here. That's a semi-automatic 22. It takes a Ruger 1022 magnet, uh, the uh, Ruger 1022 magazines. You know, like why, you know, like I'm not going to recommend something just because of the brand, obviously, you know, like. Uh, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like a lot of, a lot of guys will tune into reviews. They want confirmation on the purchases they already made where I'm trying to make a review, you know, uh, guiding people who are possibly wanting to buy the rifle. You know, if I can make a better recommendation, in my opinion, I'm going to do that, you know? Totally agree, man. Hey, what was your what was your most favorite hunt from the year, man? Woodchuck or deer? What was your favorite hunt? Oh man, that's a that's a tough question. I'd say um, I'd say our deer hunt was probably our deer hunting was probably one of our favorites. You mentioned it earlier with my uh, brother Todd shooting the doe in the head. That was that was <laughs> definitely. Uh, up there is one of my most memorable moments. Uh, we had another hunt there. Uh, Garrett, myself, he shot a uh, he shot a deer at 540 yards with his 6.5 PRC. 
beautiful shot right under, you know, right tucked in that shoulder. Ended up being a heart shot. That deer only ran like 20 yards. I don't know, man. I can't, you know, there's just so much. Uh, I can't really pick a favorite, I guess. But, um, yeah, since the last podcast, you know, we had the 2020 season. We did a crap load of woodchuck hunting there the, last year. So, I guess I'd say for anybody who's not familiar with my channel, definitely go back and check out our older stuff. And uh, some of our newer stuff, man, I I just hope we hope we can keep a consistent flow and uh, keep coming out with good stuff. You certainly do, man. And, uh, I mean, how, how, I can't even remember. How did we get in contact with each other? I'm not sure if I was – I think I was – caught up with your channel i think didn't i and then we were we were just chatting in the comments and then we we did a show and then yeah it's just progressed from there hasn't it really yeah yeah i think uh i think you just signed up for my patreon and you're just uh, i i think initially you're just like hey check out my show and i went and looked at your stuff and i was just like all right this guy's pretty cool so i i messaged you i was like I think I invited myself on your show the first time. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, man, hey, I want to right. do a podcast. Yeah, that's shit. Let's just get it done. Get it done. Yeah, no, it was good. Eh? It was good. And then we've, yeah, yeah, it's good, man. Like I always say to people, you know, it's good that, how can I say this the best way? You know, like we, we like guns and, you know, it's good how you can meet people from different countries and, and sort of become friends and shit. I mean, I think when we get on the phone, eh, like sometimes we go at least bloody two hours. We're just talking what's going on, what's happening, you know, new gun purchases. We talk about just everything really done. It? It's been, it's been bloody good. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got in touch, man. It's uh, been great talking to you. Yeah, that's good, you know, because normally, some, you know, sometimes what happens, it's been, you know, you, you, I mean, when you meet friends on the internet, there's a lot of different people. You know, I do a lot of podcasts with a lot of people, a lot of people I never speak to again. And, you know, it's good that, um, you know, like for, from both sides, uh, you know, we, we get on really well, you know, that's, that's, that's what I've enjoyed where you sometimes you do a show with someone, not that you want to be their best buddy or anything like that, but, you know, you do a show, uh, you know, you interview them and you never speak to them again. Like you, you might watch their stuff, you might put a comment here and there, but you never, you sort of never talk talk to him again really but you know you've contacted me i've got it's just it's, i don't know it's just you know been good it's been like uh i don't know friends it's good man it's good yeah yeah man i, I like uh you know it's funny too like uh, i've got like a lot of regular commenters on my videos too they're from australia you know they that um i mean i won't go through and start naming them or anything but like yeah, I've got regular viewers from Australia and I, you know, as far as my, my cultural ignorance goes, like, I didn't even know you guys were into guns over there. So it was kind of, you know, it's kind of cool to build, you know, a little bit of a community and guys who were just interested in shooting and hunting and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been pretty cool, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and you know what it's like. Sometimes normally it's, you know, if you get on with someone, it's normally one-sided. One guy does all the contacting, you know what I mean? And then one guy's like, why is this guy contacting me? Or You know what I mean? But we've been pretty even, you know. Right. You, it's been a, you know, like a mutual thing. You don't, you don't seem to – I don't see that a lot, like in the shooting community. It's normally, you know, one person chasing another person or wants to be friends with that guy, but he's not really right, – he's right. not really keen on being friends with that guy or this guy doesn't like that guy. Or It's just like, man, it's good that we've had like a sort of – 
bit of 50 fit, you know what I mean? Like, it's good that we've been able to develop a friendship, man. And I don't know, it's good, man. I just, you know, always good to make new friends. And, you know, man, we've been talking for what, two years now. So, not just, you know, about hunting or about our shows, I just know. talking to each other as friends, not be going, oh, what'd you. I mean, yeah, we comment on each other's stuff, obviously, but, you know, just outside of that, getting on the phone, having a chat, not, you know, sort of not just talking about our shows and our hunting videos, just talking about each other, what we're buying, what, you know, just, yeah, general right. chit chat, you know, things that friends do, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, how many times have I just hit you up on, on Messenger and be like, hey, Jason, I'm, uh, I'm available for a call if you're, yeah. if you're down for it. You yeah. know, like, hell yeah, man. I, uh, yeah, I'm always down to, always down to talk guns, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's, it, it is, a, it's kind of an escape from, you know, regular life, you know, that same uh, working all the time and this, that, and the other, you know, I always like to, you know, reach out and talk to people about, you know, things that were, you know, mutually, um, that were mutually, you know, interested in, you know? Yeah, mate. hundred percent, mate. Anything to finish off any, any advice or just any final words you might say? Well, we, we, we kind of touched on a lot of like the COVID stuff and I'll say this is just something that, you know, rolled through my mind, you know, quite a bit last year, you know, when the, when the whole thing started, you know, shit started getting locked down. Uh, you know, it was kind of depressing, you know, it was really was depressing. And, um, you know, Garrett and myself just started doing more like 2020. We pumped out more videos than we ever have in the past. And I would say, you know, for the most part, there were better, better quality videos, you know, better shots, better, better moments. Um, it's just one of those things like, you know, you can't let exterior things in your life get you down. And we just, you know, we, I, I just, instead of letting it bog me down, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to just do shit that I like to do. You know, I yeah. just, uh, you know, fuck all this shit. We're going to go out and shoot some woodchucks. We're going to go out and have fun. So, yeah, uh, we did, man. We had a lot of, a lot of fun there last year. 2020 was probably one of our best seasons. Uh, our, and as a result, uh, you know, the chucking channel grew, probably double in size as far as audience and stuff goes. So, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, if you, if you like doing something and you set yourself some goals, just, you know, work on that, you know, don't let, don't let shit get you down. hundred percent. I always talk about that on the show too, for people always, you know, they're yeah, feeling down and that if you mate, you worry, just, yeah, give me, give me a holler on the email or Get, ring me up and that I'm always more than happy to uh, speak to anyone especially people that are going you know I mean I've not myself personally obviously but there's a few guys that I know in the shooting community in Australia have had a bit of a rough time over the last you know couple of months and a few relationship breakdowns and so forth and you know having a bit of a bad time you know so if you ever or if you're locked down with COVID and you're not feeling the best you know hit me up anytime I'm more than happy to talk to anyone don't feel you know all the shooters listening and all that don't feel like you're alone or you can't talk to anyone even if you don't know me give me a call i'm more than happy to speak to anyone if you just need someone you just need an ear to listen because you know we don't want you know guys are at most risk of uh, suicide which is very sad so we need to 
you know, look after them and yeah. making sure they're talking and not, you know, getting not getting reclusive and hanging out on their own and stuff like that and have time to think too much. So just give us a call, give us an email, happy to talk to you anytime and uh, help you out. So it's a, it's a very good point you bring up there, mate. Very good point. Yeah. No, that, that, that's the thing, man. That's, uh, it, when, when you're sitting there dwelling on things, it just gets worse and worse. That, that's the time where you're just like, that's the time where you got to get out and just do something, do something for somebody else, man. That's, uh, that, that's, uh, the main thing, you know, like they'll kind of break you out of whatever funk you're in, you know, you gotta, you gotta go out and enjoy life, man. We're not here very long, <laughs> you know, as no. it is, just go out, you know, very you gotta true. find something you're passionate about. So yeah, I would just say, you know, if you're, if you're feeling a little down and out and I don't blame anybody with the scope thing going on, you know, you just got to find something that you're passionate about and just go out and do something. And that just helps, helps you get out of the funk, you know? Uh, yeah, and, man. Uh, totally agree with you. Totally agree. Speak to someone guys. Don't be afraid to speak to someone. It's a very, very uh, important issue uh, that affects way too many Men and there's a lot of sad outcomes, unfortunately. So if we can avoid those and get some help and help out where we can, and you know we want to do that. So guys, I'm gonna we're gonna me and Eric are gonna jump off here. Probably continue our chat. So if you want to jump on, help like I always say, you know this guy, me and Eric and many other content providers do the best they can on providing some great content or at least we hope it's great content anyway so he's got a patreon so if you want to help him out you can jump on support him on his show on patreon uh mine too if you'd like to help out that'd be greatly appreciated uh give a lot of time doing to these shows and also jump on eric's um youtube channel uh, let him know that I sent you from AHP. Let him know in the comments when you're commenting on some of his videos, if you came from here, AHP, let him know that you heard him from here. So, Eric, mate, thanks for your time joining me here on AHP for round two. I'm going to start calling you my US – you don't even know you're my buddy. I'm going to call you my US correspondent <laughs> now. So you're going to be on the podcast again in the future. While this show is going, you're going to be a regular person, man, on the show. So thanks for joining me, man, and I shall talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me sounds awesome man always good talking to you you've been listening to an episode of the australian hunting podcast i hope you enjoyed it see you next time